football. Tremendous matchups at noon, Eastern, 3.30, Eastern, 7.30, Eastern. This is one of those days you clear the calendar. You make up any excuse you can. You pawn off any sort of responsibilities. You try to get all the chores done early. Maybe you fake an illness. I could work too if you want. I'm sick. I got to lay on the couch all day. Whatever it takes. This is one of those days where you use up every favor in the book to have yourself a damn day. Because you know what? You deserve it. And this weekend deserves you giving it its full attention. It is a... It is going to be a great one. We'll dive into more college football here in a little bit on the Hick and Night Show with yours truly, Ryan Hicking, right here on CBS Sports Radio. But I do want to circle black and kind of hit on some NFL um, NFL news and notes here. As we get set for week number three, I think as you look back on the first two weeks of the season, there has been no one more disappointing so far to start this NFL season than Broncos head coach Sean Payton. I don't think there's a team player, coach that has promised more and delivered less so far early in this season than Peyton. This has been a guy who talked a lot this offseason and so far has done nothing to back it up. And the scary part is, as someone who believed in the Broncos and believed in Sean Payton going to Denver and turning this team around from the clown show that they were last year, the problem is, and my biggest concern is that so far through two games, I don't see a huge difference between this year's Broncos team, coached by Sean Payton, and last year's Broncos team, coached by Nathaniel Hackett. They're basically the same team. And that is a massive disappointment for a guy that's supposed to be one of the best head coaches in NFL history, right? Won a Super Bowl. Look at his winning percentage in New Orleans. Took a downtrodden organization especially hit by tragedy with Hurricane Katrina and was able to guide them just to consistent winning. And now he seems to, whatever, have lost the touch, lost his fastball. But so far through two games, this is an identical Broncos team to last year, and that is problematic. Because you look at what happened last year, right? What plagued Denver? Penalties. Killer. Poor offense, killer. Communication. Remember last year? It was the first home game. It was week two of 2022 where the plays were getting in so late that Broncos had numerous delay of game penalties or had to take timeouts that the fans at home in the first game um, in Denver had to count down the play clock out loud Because they didn't trust that the team saw it and was able to get the playoff in time. I've never seen that before. I've never seen that since. That was a major problem last year. And there's flat-out consistency. Denver never played two two good games in a row. I mean, hell, they barely played two good quarters in a row. Those were all issues that plagued last year's team. Well, I'll ask you this question. What has gone wrong so far in Denver this year? Well, everything I just said before, penalties, offense, communication, consistency, same problems this year. Penalties, one of the most penalized teams last year, so far through two games, is tied with the Ravens for the most 
penalized team this year. Penalties were an, uh, flags were an issue last year. Flags are a big time issue this year. Communication. Right again, we just talked about the fans literally counting down the play clock to make sure the ball is snapped on time. This year, after a grand total of two games, what is Sean Payton talking about? Communication issues. Having Russell Wilson and needing Russell Wilson to wear a wristband because plays are getting in late, they're breaking the huddle late, and they're snapping the ball with little to no time left on the play clock. Burning timeouts because they're afraid of getting a delay game penalty. Literally, last year's problems reincarnated to this year. Consistency. Offensively, right, they're supposed to be better under what is an offensive genius in Sean Payton. Week one against a bad Raiders defense, you score a whopping 16 points in week number one. Follow that up with out of the gate coming strong, right? A good first quarter, first quarter and a half against the Commanders. You're up 21-3. Russell Wilson is looking like his old self. Look, honestly, like MVP Russ. Connected on deep balls. Throw the ball accurate all over the yard. Again, three touchdowns just like that. Bang, bang, bang. And then really until the Hail Mary at the end of the game, from like early second quarter to last play of the fourth quarter, that offense was bad for the most part. That offense was stagnant, sputtering, disjointed, ugly, 2022-like. That's a problem. Whatever they had going in the first quarter and a half against the Commanders, totally lost the rest of the game. No consistency whatsoever. A problem that plagued them last year. So far, new head coach is supposed to fix those problems. Same problem this year. And this has been a direct replica last year's team and this year's team. Is that just on its own, on its face, is disappointing enough? But you know what adds to that, what makes it more frustrating, is that Sean Payton took an absolute blowtorch to the coaching ability of Nathaniel Hackett. Famously, or now infamously, on the record to USA Today, calling Nate Hackett's coaching job last year in Denver one of the worst coaching jobs he's ever seen. There was the horse. The horse has been dead for a while. And you know what Sean Payton decided to do? Let me take a sledgehammer and beat it up some more. Everyone got their jokes in. Everyone got their punches in. Sean Payton, after the fact, when the party's been over, everyone's long gone, decided, you know what? Let me just get my swings in now. Pinata's busted open. There's no candy left. Let me take a bat. Let me start swinging here just for the hell of it. And the worst part is, the first two weeks, the guy he trashed, the guy he torched for his coaching job last year, I can't say he's done a better job so far. I can't sit here and tell you through two games, Sean Payton has been a better coach than Nathaniel Hackett last year. That's a problem. That is a major problem. For someone who was brought in with the thought of fixing Russell Wilson, saving this offense, saving this franchise, and bringing competency for the first time really since Peyton Manning walked out the door after they won the Super Bowl in 2015. Near in a decade. This has been a mess. 
This has been a, a quarterback roulette. This has been a flat-out embarrassment. Sean Payton was supposed to, was promised to fix all of those issues plaguing Denver, and so far early on, he has fixed nothing. Nothing. And they're going to go down to Miami on Sunday, probably lose, fall to 0-3, and the season's going to be over. For a guy who said he's going to be sick, or I'm sorry, he's going to be pissed to get it, to get it uh, correct here and accurate. He said he's going to be pissed if he misses the playoffs this year. His season's going to be over before it even starts. You can't talk the talk Peyton did this offseason and then forget to walk the walk, not even crawl the crawl at this point. And we are three games in. They're going to lose to Miami on Sunday. And again, you're not even going to have any glimmer of hope before your season's done. That's why you look around the NFL. It's early, but so far through two weeks, there's not been a bigger disappointment player, coach, team than Sean Payton in Denver right now with what he's done with the Broncos. This has been a direct replica of what we saw last year with Nathaniel Hackett, who is going to go down as one of the worst head coaches in NFL history. And right now, Sean Payton, for how low that bar is, I feel like we try to set the bar low on this show. But that was arguably maybe the lowest bar ever set a head coach has ever had to jump over. Just don't be as bad as one of historically the worst head coaches we've ever seen who couldn't even make it a full season in his first year as head coach. Don't be as bad as that guy. Don't be like him. Be any bit better, and it's a win. And so far through two games... You can't even clear that. Sean Payton, massive. The biggest disappointment so far of the early NFL season. How about yourself here? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. You can tweet me at Ryan underscore Hickey in the number three. Who's been the biggest disappointment so far through this first two uh for, through these first two games, I should say, of this NFL season. I think it's Sean Payton, I think it's not even close. He promised a lot and delivered nothing. Torched and burned a lot of I don't know about burning a lot of bridges, because I mean, when is he gonna really need Nathaniel Hackett's help? Um, but he at least took a lot of shots and maybe broke the coaching uh unwritten rules of calling out another fellow coach. He broke a lot of rules, said a lot of stuff, and right now, unable to back it up. It's been a real big disappointment here for Sean Payton. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Again, at Ryan underscore Hickey in the number three. Who has been the biggest disappointment so far in this early NFL season? Brandon calling from Chicago. What's up, Brandon? Hi. Uh, this is Brandon. Uh, speaking of uh, uh, Sean Payton, uh, I, I, I don't know if people know this, but uh, he was actually a scam player during the NFL strike um, for, for, the, for the Bears. Um, but anyway, uh, um, I would like to say uh, Justin Fields. I was wondering if you heard the entire clip. Of him? Uh, from his infamous press conference on Wednesday, yes, I've heard it. 
No, the second one. Did you hear, hear him say that he takes full responsibility? Yes. And and and, this, and then in the same breath, he he tries to say that the media, the press, uh, are trying to tear the the, uh, the bears apart. Right, and blame them and blame the media for misquoting what he said, uh, yeah. even though in the, he said it. In the same breath as as, as I take full responsibility. I, I um yeah I uh, I don't think he's a uh, leadership um, material. But uh, he was fun to watch last year, and uh, uh, thanks a lot. Um, oh, is it right if I give, give you my best uh, sports flash? Your best sports flash? Yes. Like an update? Yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to be okay? Uh, do you want to work here, Brandon? You want to give updates when Marco's off? Uh, absolutely. I. Uh, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Brandon. Brandon, if you're gonna do, it, we got to set the stage right. Okay. Oh. Uh, Here's what we're gonna do. I'll give you a little intro. I'll make a little noise, and you can go, okay? That sounds great. Thank okay, you. we're coming down in three, two, one. CBS Sports Radio, Sports Flash. Sports Flash. All right, it's your, this is, well, Brandon, you're, the, the, the air is going here. You're going. What, we got nothing? Well, I, I gave it the Sports Flash. Wait, wait, I thought you wanted to give an update. You just want to give a sounder? Well, that's all I have for now. Okay, hold on. I miss it. Can you give it to us again? Yes. Sports Flash. My neighbors think I belong in the asylum. But I appreciate you taking the time for me. What, and I will what did your neighbor say? I should I should be in an, an asylum. <laughs> I, I do the, oh my God. I do the whole, uh, you know, we have the, the meat and stuff like that. And they, they don't. Thank you again for for um for uh taking the time to listen to me today, and I will continue listening as well. Brandon, I I appreciate the call, man. This this is this has been a hell of a show, Nico. This has been a fun one so far. This is this has gone off the rails. You know what? These are always the best shows. They go off the rails. Let's have a little fun. I thought we we're going to get a sports update. Maybe like if Marco Belletti is off on a day, we can have Brandon fill in. But in case. Good news, if our audio machine ever breaks, Nico, and we need to get to an update, but don't have the sounder for it, we got Brandon. Yeah, Brandon, I'm going to save the number so we can have it ready to go. Perfect. Once an hour on the hour, Brandon, we just need to say, sports flash, and we are ready to roll. Ready to roll. Okay. few quick things here. Speaking of disappointment, I want to revisit here. We did this on the show right in the, right in the preseason here. Takeoff. Right, call your shot. Give a few takes right now, early before any NFL games are played, and we'll look back throughout the season and, and see who has the best take that turned out to be right. So far, few right, few brutally bad. Josh Allen, as Mike in New York predicted, will have less than six picks. We'll have to throw in three in week number one against the Jets. Not on the right track there. Allen in Atlanta. Daniel Jones, most improved player in the NFL. Now, look, I'll say this really fast for Daniel Jones. He has no help around him. Offensive lines in shambles. Receivers are unproven, to say the least. Now, Saquon Barkley's out. I don't think he had, you know, it was his fault whatsoever against uh, the 49ers and their loss on Thursday night. But Daniel Jones got nothing around him. He's got no help whatsoever. Tough to be improved if you have zero help around you. Now, we do have some positive ones. Allen in Toronto predicted a Dolphins Super Bowl. So far, 2-0. Look like the most explosive offense in the league. So far, so good, Allen. My guy, Kroll, 
Tyler Krolikowski, shout out to him. Same prediction as Allen. Dolphins in the Super Bowl. So far, so good. Call myself out here. Add the Broncos in the playoffs. Just spent the last 15 minutes telling you why Sean Payton's the biggest disappointment so far in the NFL through two weeks. That prediction at 0-2, about to be 0-3, looks dead. The Browns, I said, make the playoffs. Well, you see Deshaun Watson playing without Nick Chubb? Oofa. That looks to be right now trending in a downward direction. But Jeff in Houston, who has the Bears winning the NFC North, Justin Fields throwing for 4,000 yards. I did the math. Not only the Bears right now own two and basically have a 0% chance of winning the NFC North. Justin Fields through two games has 427 passing yards on uh, projection to throw for 3,600. I'm going to step it up a little bit here, Justin, if you want to reach and eclipse that 4,000-yard mark um, this season for the first time in Bears history. All right. When we return here on Hick at Night with you, with Ryan Hickey with, uh, with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. Chargers-Vikings. A battle of beatings. 0-2 versus 0-2. I want to bring this game up because I'm actually really intrigued by it. I'm really intrigued by it because for me, the loser needs to take a drastic step on Monday. I'll tell you what that is for each team when we do return again. Hick at Night right here. Where else? CBS Sports Radio. This is Hick at Night. Here's Ryan Hickey. All right, jump around. Congratulations to Wisconsin. Nice Big Ten win on Friday night over Purdue. Fans, I'm sure, in Madison jumping around after that win. As a reminder, this portion of the show is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck in a timeshare and want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free timeshare exit information kit at wesleyfinancialgroup.com. That is wesleyfinancialgroup.com. Okay, biggest disappointment through two weeks in the NFL has been, for me, Sean Payton, for you, 855-212-4227, or at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. We'll get to your thoughts in one second, but speaking of disappointment, I want to highlight the loser bowl for this week. Vikings, Chargers, both teams 0-2. I am really, honestly, truly excited for this game. Because I think we should see massive changes to whoever loses. The team that goes 0-3 in this game, I need to make a legitimate, dramatic change. If the Vikings lose and they fall to 0-3, they have to trade Kirk Cousins. If the Chargers lose and fall to 0-3, on Monday, they got to fire Brandon Staley. Let's start there. If you're the Chargers... Coming off of a season in which you went to the playoffs but blew a 27-0 lead in the playoffs to get bounced in the first round. You then cannot come into the season in which you paid Justin Herbert, made him at the time, until he got jumped by Joe Burrow, but at the time the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. With all the talent they have at receiver, at running back, at offense line, at, at defense, you cannot take the momentum from what was finally breaking through, making the playoffs, and then start this year 0-3 and expect nothing to change. Brandon Staley has been under fire since year number one 
for his aggressive and, frankly, reckless decision-making that cost the Chargers a playoff spot in 2021, helped them blow a 27-0 lead last year in 2022, and now have gotten them off to an 0-2 and, uh, and, and possibly 0-3 start this year. There's nothing really that should save save his job. I, I can't point to anything and says, oh, yeah, keep Brandon Staley because X, Y, and Z. Fire Brandon Staley on Monday. Let Kellen Moore, current offense coordinator, coach the last 14 games. Give Kellen Moore a tryout. There's been a lot of hype, and he's gotten a lot of interviews about, you know, being the next up-and-coming head coach. Can Kellen Moore be a head coach in the NFL? I don't know. I don't think so. My hopes are not high, but find out. Give yourself a 14-week runway to find out for sure. Because if the answer is no, or if the answer is, eh, I don't know, move on. Because the Chargers are a very attractive opening that a lot of head coaches would want to clamor for. Right? You got Justin Herbert. You got a lot of talent on that team. That is depending on you know how this you know the the firing cycle goes at the end of the year i would argue right now it would be the most attractive job that's open and so you can get a lot of very good candidates interested in your job so you don't need to just ask yeah we'll screw it we'll go with Cal Moore. you find out what Cal Moore is now so that way if he shows you and knocks your socks off and says you know what we got our next guy okay there you go you find out for real but you don't promote Cal Moore. If you fire Brandon Staley at the end of the year, compared to after week number three, and then blindly go into this season, or next season, I should say, not knowing if Cal Moore truly is the guy. So if the Chargers lose on Sunday, you have to fire Brandon Staley on Monday. I, to me, there's no justification of not. There's no justification, after what we've seen through the first two years and three games, of saying he deserves to coach week number four. And if the Chargers win... And the Vikings lose, if you're in Minnesota, I don't see how you keep Kirk Cousins. You're 0-3. Your season is over. Kirk is on the last year of his deal before he's a free agent at the end of the year. You trade him. You call up the Jets, and you say, give me your best offer. I would angle for a first-round pick. If I was the Jets, I would consider giving up my first-round pick to get Kirk Cousins on this team and save this season that was supposed to be Super Bowl or bust. But trade Kirk Cousins. Get the best offer you can from the Jets and use that draft capital, whether it's the first-round pick, whether it's a second-round pick, use that extra draft capital to either trade up in this upcoming draft and what is going to be a loaded quarterback draft highlighted by Caleb Williams, or use that extra draft capital to trade for a quarterback that's disgruntled. Trade for a guy that's frustrated and wants a new start and wants to throw to Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, and K.J. Osborne. And oh yeah, by the way, TJ Hawkinson. Good pieces around. Need a quarterback to finish it off. So that's why for me, I cannot wait for this game. Cannot wait for Chargers, Vikings. Because the loser, you got to make drastic changes. To me, there's no justification of running it back for whoever loses and is sitting there 0-3. How they can expect to keep business as usual going into week number four. Okay, 855-212-4227, 855-212-4227 at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. Through two weeks, who has been the biggest disappointment so far in the NFL? Mike is calling from Wisconsin. What's up, Mike? 
Yeah, I think the, the biggest disappointment is Peyton, like you said, but more because he brought in Vance Joseph. They had a defense that was elite, and he made it terrible. And truthfully, it, it's not like he can be just okay, considering he was their coach before and run out of town. He's got to be better than okay, and he's way, way worse than average. You know what, Mike? That's a good point, because you're right. The offense gets a lot of attention and heat because it is Sean Payton, right? One of the best offensive minds in the NFL, and it is Russell Wilson, a guy who Denver gave up an arm and a leg for. But you're right, especially that Commanders game, week number two. I mean, you're up 21-3 against, I mean, I know he's not a rookie, but basically a guy in his first year is a full-time starter, so I'm just going to call him a rookie here in this situation. When you're up 21-3 at home against a rookie quarterback, you got to seal the deal. And that fourth quarter, I mean, Sam Howell carved him up like a turkey. Can't have that. Yeah. He looked like Dan Marino out there, and he's not. You know? Mike, that's a great point. I appreciate the call, man. You are 100% right about that. That Denver defense, for how good and how much hype they've gotten, has been equally as disappointing as the Denver offense so far through two weeks. And you're right. That's Sean Payton for bringing in Vance Joseph, who was another guy that, oof, how about a, a bad head coach going down history? Vance Joseph and his time, his short time in Denver, as head coach at least, definitely falls under that category. Sean is calling from Dallas. What's up, Sean? Man, I appreciate you taking my call. First-time caller. Oh, nice, man. Thanks for making it. What's on your mind? Man, I, I want to tell you something. Uh, I'm, I'm going at this thing because, I, I first of all, I agree with you about Sean Payton. But let me come at it from an angle. I mean, this is a seasoned coach. This is a seasoned coach, and he should know better than to run his mouth, first of all. Uh, we're talking about a Super Bowl-winning coach, and he knows that in the NFL it's very tough to win games. And it's right. very tough to make it to the playoffs, and it's very tough to get to the Super Bowl. He knows all of this. But what he's going to do is he's going to spout his mouth off. His mouth off, and let me let me say this: I am a huge Denver Broncos fan. I, I put the caps on, I put the stuff on. I mean, I root for him every week, and I have been so let down. But what makes it worse is that he shot his mouth off. He should have just kept quiet. He should have played his game and done what he was going to do on the field or off. I mean, just just don't talk, man. Don't put it all out there like you're an all-knowing football god. Uh, you know, just don't do that. You, you, should, you should be able to be humble. You should be able to respect, and you should leave it all out there on the field. But what he did, this is, how it, this is, this is why it's worse right now with Sean Payton. You know Not what's only frustrating too, Sean? What's that? So, you know what's frustrating about his comments, too? Like, you mentioned him, like, taking a blowtorch to, to Nathaniel Hackett. I thought that was coming mm-hmm. from a place of confidence. Like, this guy feels so good about this Denver team going into this year that he's, like, almost cocky, if you will, of, oh, we're going to be so good. Like, I can run my mouth because I know I can sure. cash the check my mouth is writing right now. And the fact that he, like I said, spout his mouth off, and now you look at his Denver offense, basically almost a mirror image of 2022 – it like it just drives the disappointment home even more. It's like, what are you doing? Like, what are you thinking? What exactly. are you truly why, thinking? Why would, you, why, why would you want to put yourself in that situation where now you're? I mean, because because here's the thing: any team in the NFL can win on any given day against another team. Again, like I said, it's very tough. This is a this is a tough game. It's a tough league. 
and we all get that, and we all know that. So my thing is, I would just think that he would have enough uh, knowledge and and uh, experience behind him to know, hey, let's just go out there, let's work hard, let's play our game, and don't don't sit there and vomit out all of this junk and this garbage that you may or may not be. I mean, because think about it, this is his first year with the team. He doesn't know how it's going to go down, whether he's a great coach or not. Just stop mouthing off and then go do your best work as you can, when you can. And that's, that's my friend, what has made it even worse on the man. Sean, I appreciate the call, man. You've hit the nail on the head. You've been 100% right. And like I said, Sean Payton spouting his mouth off and calling out other coaches and then not backing it up has only made this 10 times worse. He created a lot of enemies of those words. I thought and I bought into it that he'll be able to back it up. He's not saying that if he knows, you know, he can't deliver. I don't know. What are you thinking? Because my goodness, this offense looks terrible. They've not shown a lot in the preseason either that they, they are ready to turn the corner. And it's been a major, major disaster so far through the first two weeks. And again, you're playing the Dolphins now in Miami. I don't think it's going to be a win. You're 0-3. See you later. Season's over. Season's over before it even starts. Absolute embarrassment from Sean Payne. That's why for me, at least for the first two weeks, there's no one worse. No one more disappointing. No one more embarrassing than Sean Payton and the coaching job he has done in Denver. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. At Ryan underscore Hickey in the number three. Who's been the biggest disappointment so far in the NFL for the first two weeks? We'll get your thoughts on that. And also, I want to circle back to some college football when we do return here. Because this is a this is a massive weekend. This is the biggest weekend to date so far of this college football season. I'm not only excited because we have six ranked unranked matchups. But I'm also excited because for the first time in a long time, college football is actually open. For the first time in a long time, we don't know who is going to win the national title. I want to dive into that more when we do return. It's Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. It's Hick at Night. Give Ryan your take at 855-212-4CBS. Ryan Hickey here with you on CBS Sports Radio chatting biggest disappointments in the NFL so far through the first two weeks of the season. John Chergy, hope I pronounced that right. I probably butchered the hell out of that. Does tweet at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. Biggest disappointment in the NFL, the 0-2 Bengals. Lost to both their AFC North division rivals in the Browns and Ravens. Hurts now for division tiebreakers. Many pick Cincinnati to win the Super Bowl. Uh, yours truly, you're talking to someone, yeah. So yeah, John, that's been a big disappointment so far being 0-2. Bengals are my Super Bowl champ. Also says the Chargers, they uh, can't win despite having a good talent. Uh, in Justin Herbert. Yeah. No, the Bengals have been a the Bengals have been a disappointment. Week number one against the Browns, I'm not surprised by the Browns own them in his bad weather. Week number two, I definitely did not see them losing to the Ravens at home. I am a little concerned about Joe Burrow's calf, but I will say their own two last year came back and went to the AFC title game. If there is a team that can dig out of an 0-2 hole, it is the is the Ra- uh it is the uh Bengals, excuse me. So I'm not too concerned about them. Disappointment, don't get me wrong. But I think what Sean Payne has done so far and how bad things have looked, that to me trumps 
what so far the Bengals have done in their slow start to the season. How about yourself? 855-212-4227. Biggest disappointment so far in the NFL. Mike is calling from New York. What's up, Mike? Hey, how you guys doing today? Doing great, Mike. What's on your mind, man? Well, I, I, I called earlier, and I waited for almost an hour, hour and 15 minutes, and then uh, I had to do something. So uh, he just got me back on. And my first comments were about the, uh, the college football or, or your, uh, your picks in the college football uh, with, uh, Uh-oh. you know, you I, you I, have like no, I, have, I have Notre Dame winning outright. I have Colorado winning outright. Uh, and the Buffalo Bills are going to spank the Washington Commanders. All spank them. Right? Now, as far as, your, as far as the disappointment is concerned, uh, I'm going to have to say it's the Cincinnati Bengals uh, because I think that Joe Burrow, although he's a, a really good quarterback, I think he's a pretty selfish individual because wow. he is not he is not ready to be out there right now, and he is out there, and he is hurting his team because of it. Uh, do you think he's right now worse than Jake Browning, who is their backup quarterback? What's that? No, no, no. But you, you, you gotta, you, you gotta take into consideration. You know, this is this is not uh, a single game. I mean, this is a marathon. You know, and when you have a player of that of that ilk, and he turns around and he's hurt and he's out there playing. He's only hurting himself more. And by him hurting himself more, he is ultimately going to hurt the team. Uh, I, mean, I see so, what you're saying, Mike, and that's a fair point. Appreciate the call. I mean, I think he looked okay um, against the Ravens. Now, he said he hurt his calf like the second and last play of the game. So it's kind of tough to judge how he would have played going forward and what his status is going to be on Monday night. Now, the fact that they're kind of playing a coy and, and kind of keeping it almost like game time decision kind of shows you maybe. He's more hurt than he is, and maybe the Bengals are going to take it slow and sit him. Bengals are in a tough spot. Like, if Joe says he can play, I would play him if I was Zach Taylor and the Bengals because I, you can't afford to go to 0-3, and the Rams are a good team. So even though you're at home on Monday Night Football and you have the extra day of rest, I, like a calf injury, right, or even worse, goes down to the Achilles, obviously ends the season for Joe Burrow. But so does a loss, frankly. You go to 0-3 in what is a very tough division in the AFC North and a very tough conference in the AFC overall, good luck trying to dig out of an 0-3 hole and be one of the seven playoff teams. I don't envy the Bengals right now with the situation they are in, but it feels like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. I would play Joe Burrow assuming he's healthy and, and ready, you know, 65 70% functionality on the field. I would play him. I would play him, roll the dice he doesn't get hurt more or doesn't hurt the team, and see if he can kind of get that Joe Burrow magic going again and get this team back on the right track. Ryan, great name, call from Indiana. What's up, Brian? Yeah, hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, I was calling in to talk a little bit about the uh, biggest disappointment you'd mentioned, and then you got me fired up about the uh, Fire Bowl coming up this weekend with the Vikings <laughs> and the Chargers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Like I've been saying for the last year to all my friends that are Herbert, I got a couple of buddies that are big Herbert guys. They love him. They need a coach. 
um, I think that he's got to go. I mean, I'm I, what we've seen the last two weeks, maybe what we saw at the end of last season. I'm 100% with you on that commentary. I think the Chargers are being held back by coaching. I think that Herbert's never going to win anything in that league if he doesn't have somebody on that coaching staff, the head coach, that can show that to make that talent work with those other guys. And I'm with you, Ryan. So, when you look, it's not a talent right issue. I mean, they need to stay healthier, but it's not like they lack yeah. talent anywhere. And you see also, too, I think the big thing with them is they're not clutch, right? Especially this year. You look at the first two games, how they played out. You're winning at home against the Dolphins in week number one. You allow Tua to drive right down the field. They score a touchdown, like, what, a minute and a half left, I think, was the exact time. Now, okay, so the defense, you needed defense to get one stop to win the game. Couldn't do so. Okay, offense back on the field. Now, chance to go win the game. Only need a field goal to win. Four now. Don't even get one first down. Intentional grounding. Game over. Last week against the Titans... Defense, again, allows Tennessee to march right down the field to score a late touchdown. Now, to the offense's credit, right, they go and score a field goal, kick a field goal to tie the game, send it to overtime. So at least they were clutch in the sense that they were able to kick a field goal, extend the game. Go to overtime, Chargers win the toss, three and out. Three and out, next thing you know, defense allows them into field goal range, game over. Both time, both games, offensively, defensively, they've had clutch opportunities to step up and win the game, and every single time they have failed. That's a lot on coaching. Players are definitely um, guilty, uh, Ryan, but coaching too. I mean, have your players yeah. ready for the moment, and they haven't. Well, the way I the way I see it is like um, that defense is okay. They're okay. That that offense should be way better. And if you're going to have Herbert and those guys, sometimes you know the defense is always going to be able to make the big play. But the offense with that talent should be able to come down and win those games. And I think it comes back to play calls. Who's calling the plays? Who's who's in the locker room? You know, who's in their head? Who's getting them ready on Sunday, whatever night of the week it is, you know, Monday, Thursday. Right. I think the Chargers, for, and I, I want to see Herbert do well. I mean, I don't dislike, I like Justin Herbert. The problem is I don't see Herbert becoming a superstar until he gets a coach. And you know and what, so I'm, Ryan? I'm, I'm right there. Yeah. So. No, I was going to say, I'm with you in the sense that that coach ain't going to be Brandon Staley. That's for sure. Appreciate the call, buddy, that they, they need some help. Herbert absolutely needs some help. Um, and that's why if they lose on Sunday – and you fall to 0-3 if you're LA, I don't know why you would allow Brandon Staley to coach week four. Co- uh, fire him, promote Kellen Moore, and start the process of searching for your new head coach, ASAP. Look at this. Here to brag about a 3-2 and two week in Hickey's Pickies at week number two, we go to Chris in Maryland. Chris, congratulations. You are now in first place in Hickey's Pickies. Hello, Chris. Look at that. He is so excited. He is so shocked that he went three and two last week that he is silent. Stunned. Speechless. Chris did a very good job last week. Three and two in his Hickey's Pickies uh, picks last week. I went one and four. Absolute disaster. An absolute disaster. So now, Chris, in terms of the Hickey's Pickies standings, First place through two weeks at three and two. Aaron in Colorado Springs, two and three. And I am sitting there four and six so far through the first two weeks. If you missed any of the segments from last week, you want to catch up, maybe Hickish Pickies. Hey, way to do so is very easy. Subscribe to the podcast, Hick at Night. Night spelled N I T E. That podcast has all four hours of the show. So you miss an hour here, hour there, you're late going to work and you miss the beginning or you want to circle back to a conversation we had earlier in the show, 
but you missed or you're not going to be here for the whole show. You got to leave, but still want to stay involved and in tune with what we're talking about. Easiest way to do so, download and subscribe to the Hick at Night podcast, night spelled N-I-T-E. All four hours of this show uploaded each and every Saturday morning. And also, too, bonus, bonus episodes drop throughout the week. Give uh, my five college football picks and a little segment called Hicks Five Minute Picks. Every single college game broken down in exactly five minutes every single week. That is uploaded to the podcast page as well. So a little bonus info as well. And guess what? The best part, it's free. Wherever you get your podcasts, Hick at night, night spelled N-I-T-E. Make sure you download, subscribe, stay up to date. When we return, massive weekend in college football. Which team is most desperate for a win on Saturday? I'll tell you why. It's Florida State when we return. It's Ryan Hickey right here on CBS Sports Radio.